Welcome to the First Love Church. We invite you to have an encounter with the Word of God as you listen to this message preached by Episcopal Sister Joy Felipe Bruce. Sister Joy is a daughter of Bishop Dyke Mills and currently pastors the IDRC branch of the First Love Church, a thriving church with young, energetic people full of first love for the Lord. She's also a Macarius minister under the Dyke Mills Ministry Office and travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences taking the books of Bishop Dykewood Mills to the nations. We believe this message will empower, equip, and give direction for your life. Now listen to Sister Joy Felipe Bruce. Father, thank you. Thank you for a Sunday like today. Thank you for a day when you've brought us together. A day that you are reminding us that there is more than meets the eye. We're grateful. Thank you because you love us enough to tell us the truth. May we hear you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Take your seat. Please move it back a little. Too close. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for the film stars. Amen. afternoon I'm just sharing with you the word for a very short time because I believe that you have been preached to already but I just want to tell you that hell is real hell is real push your neighbor and say do you know that hell is real it's a topic that many people don't like talking about we don't like to remember it and one of the things about us is that we don't like Seeing what is true. We like to behave as if all is well, even when it isn't. Are you there? That's why many times when you go to the doctor, they don't tell you what's actually wrong with you. Because if they told you, you just give up and die. So when you are dying, crowd, they'll tell you that, oh, you let's do it softly, softly, small, small, yeah, but as they are going, they know that, oh, it's you are a dated commodity. Are you there? Hey, at the back, are you there? Hallelujah. In the middle, are you there? And so we don't like to talk about death. And we certainly don't like to talk about what happens after death. We prefer to pretend that we have all the answers. But we don't, you know. In spite of all the advances, and believe me, the advances in life, the the scientific advances are impressive. It's true or it's not true? The first time I passed an electric car, I stopped there like a villager. I've not seen some before. (laughs) And I was watching, I was looking, and I said, "Ah, what is this thing that's attached to the car? I said, petrol, but it's not petrol. He said, stand standing there. Here's the car, I'm looking at it, I can touch it. It's not petrol, what's happening? Then the person walking by me said, it's an electric car. I said, hey. I remember when they started talking about electric cars. It was like a dream. But it has come to pass. And today you can stand in any part of the world and talk to anybody in any part of the world. There used to be a time when I leave my home on Tuesday on a journey. They will not hear from me until I return back on Friday evening. So you have to assume that everybody is alive and well. 
But I will still remember the day when I was standing in Bimbila. And my husband had traveled to Cape Coast or somewhere in the south there. And I picked my phone and I was standing in the middle of nowhere. And I was calling him. And I was saying that I'm standing here. I tell you, technology has gone far. There used to be a time, if you want to talk to your family, you would have to write a letter. Today, we laughingly call it snail mail. You write the letter, then you find your way to the post office. Then you find stamps. You know, some of you are looking at me because you've never seen a stamp in your life. <laughs> you were born after the advent of stamps, so you can't even relate to what I'm saying, you know? And then you put the stamp on the thing, and then you have to go and post it in a particular post box. And it will go to another place before they'll now sort it out. And I mean, it was really something. Then email was born. And you could just send an email. No, before the email, the faxes came up. Before then, you could send a telegram. Then you could send a fax. And life was getting better. And man was getting prouder. There was a time, you know, that if you had, you were pregnant and you had your baby at 30 weeks, the baby would die. There was nothing to be done. But today, science has moved and come to a place where at least a baby who was born, even up down to 25 weeks, not in Ghana though, they can keep that baby alive and the baby will actually grow. Are you there? And so with all these developments, man has become increasingly proud and has begun to feel increasingly that, Charlie, we are the Lord of all we survey and we can do what we want. And yet, there are some basic questions we cannot answer. For example, we know what happens, how a baby comes to be lodged in the womb. We can tell you what happens from day one all the way to the end. Week 40 on the last day, we can tell you what, has, what is going on on day 280. But what actually sparks the womb off to cause labor into be till today, we can answer the question. Because the Bible says that the things that God wants us to know, they are clear. The things he doesn't want us to know, they are hidden. The doctors should stand up and tell me, what triggers labor? The truth is, you don't know. You can only guess. You can only tell us that, oh, when the womb has stretched to some point, that womb stretched beyond that and the baby doesn't come. I remember there was an experiment at a point. They said, oh, by all means, the labor will start, so don't do anything. And they didn't do anything. People went into 41 weeks, 42 weeks. Then now they realized that if we don't rescue these babies, they plus mother all will die. Some questions, man has no answer. Man has no answer. We have gone now to a point, but man has no answer. Man cannot explain to you why it is that somebody who, has, who is so dangerously sick and who is supposed to have died, why the person is still sick but still alive 26 years later and somebody else less sick with nothing up and no real issue. The person is not well, but the person has lain down and the person has gone. Some questions have not been left to man to answer. Because God is still God. And some questions will not be answered. Or you're not understanding what I'm saying. I have a friend. 26 years ago, he was diagnosed with an illness. And they told him that everything in his body will harden until he will literally suffocate and die. They gave him three years. Well, he married. The sickness was there. He had child number one. The sickness was there. Child number two, it was there. Child number three, it was there. The children grew up. He was still alive. Oh, yes. What they said was going to happen was happening, but he was still alive. His children grew up. He was still alive. 
the children left home to go to school, he was still alive. And he is still alive. Because the Bible says it is appointed unto God once to die. His appointment has not arrived. And until his appointment arrives, he will live. Hallelujah. Why am I saying what I'm saying? I'm saying it so that you will consider yourself. Many of you, you have just arrived on this earth. Even when I talk about uh, snail mail cry, you have not seen some before. If you have not seen snail, snail mail, I wonder why you think you know everything. One of the answers or one of the questions that science has no answer for is where do you go when you die? What happens when a man dies? What happens when a woman dies? And some people say nothing. Well, if nothing happens, then you have even less use than a goat. Because at least a goat, when it dies, we can eat it. But I thank God that so many years ago, the Lord gave us the answer to this question. It's there in the Bible. Straight one. That is if you like answers. And so for a few minutes, I want to share with you what is going to happen. And so we're going to the book of Luke. Chapter 16, where in no uncertain terms, Jesus told us what was going to happen. The Bible says that there was a certain rich man who was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen and who lived every day in luxury. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus who was covered with sores. And Lazarus lay there longing for scraps from the rich man's table and the dogs would come and lick his open sores. Finally, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to sit be beside Abraham at the heavenly banquet. The rich man also died and was buried, and, when he, and he went to the place of the dead, and there he saw something. Now, let me just start by sharing with you. I have just about four very quick points. Point number one, rich or, die, you go die. Rich or poor, you go die. <laughs> rich or poor, it doesn't really matter. Some people say that the man in this story... He went to hell because he was rich. Excuse me, it is not true. Because Abraham is a rich man and we know that he's in heaven. So at least we know one, one draw. One in heaven, one in hell. So we know that it's not according to what you have on earth. And I thank God for that. Hallelujah. Because no matter what you have in your pocket right now, it doesn't really influence what's going to happen to you in, at that time. But rich or poor, you go die. Because some people behave as though they will never die. Don't, 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 don't believe it. Rich or poor, it's not according to what you have. Are you there? Now, the Bible says that the poor man died. Of course, he died first. He had less to live on and less to keep him alive. But when he died, angels came for him. So clearly, he had lived in a different way from the rich man. The Bible says that when the rich man died, he went to the place of the dead, and there in torment, he saw Abraham at a far distance with Lazarus by his side. So here they were. Again, there was a difference between them. One was down there, and one was with Abraham, and they were watching. The Bible says that the rich man shouted, Father Abraham, have some pity and send Lazarus over here to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I am in anguish in these flames. I want to ask you, with what did he shout? I thought he died. I thought he was buried. So for those of you who think that when a person dies, that's the end, the Bible says it is not so. 
And the Bible certainly has more authority about that than you and I have. And he says, it is not so. This man could shout. This man could see. Are you there? This man could feel. And the Bible says that he was in anguish. And so I want to speak to those of you who are here who keep on saying to yourself that the devil comes and he tells you the way out of your problem is to commit suicide. Don't be silly. When you commit, it, commit suicide, it continues after. Please push your neighbor and say that it's not the way. It's not a way out. <laughs> Whatever it is, it is not the way out. On top of that, the man was saying that I am in anguish. And then he asked him for something that we have never asked for on this earth. On this earth, as far as I know, I am yet to meet somebody who has asked for a drop of water. Even on this evil earth, water is measured in cups and in bowls and in buckets. But there is a place where water is measured in drops. I wonder why any sane person will go there. Even in jail on earth, there is water. Even in jail. Why would you go to a place where there is no water? Please ask your neighbor, because some of you, in spite of everything, that's where you are going. <laughs> ah, do you, you see, I don't want to chair. Don't let me ha have to open pages and show you that it says that those who lie are not going to heaven. Those who fornicate are not going to heaven. It's there. Yeah, it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Anyway, let me continue preaching. Are you there? You can see that the man could feel. He said, have some pity, have pity. He said, I am in anguish. Why will you live here and go to a place of anguish? Hmm. Abraham said to him, so Abraham is in heaven and he can also talk. And he spoke to the man. Son, remember that in your lifetime you had everything that you wanted. Lazarus had nothing, but now he is comforted. I want to speak to those of you who have been followers of Jesus Christ for a long time. And sometimes you feel that he's not answering. And you feel that I've followed you for a long time and things are the way they are. The Bible says one day you'll be comforted. Just hold on long enough. Hallelujah. One day you'll be comforted. I meet more and more Christians who have so little strength. And that's why I'm encouraged by the story of blind Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10. The young man was sitting there. He was blind and he couldn't see. But he heard that Jesus was passing. And just hearing was enough for him. And he started to shout. And people around told him that he should shut up. Some of you people around you have told you that you should shut up. If your God were God, and if your God could do what he said he could do, would you be in the situation that you are? I remind you this Sunday of blind Bartimaeus, who the more they said shut up, the higher he screamed. The more they said shut up, the higher he screamed. I came to tell you today, the devil is telling you, don't believe him, he's not going to answer. The more the devil speaks, the louder you must shout. The more the devil speaks, the more you must press. The more the devil tells you that it's not going to happen, the more you must keep praying, the more you must keep standing, the more you must keep pushing. Because the Bible says that as Jesus was passing, he suddenly heard somebody shout, 
Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the Bible said that he stood still. May Jesus stand still for you. May he hear you as you continue to bombard his door. A day will come when he will stand still. And then he will say, bring that person to me. And that thing that you are talking about, he will let you have it. Hallelujah. Today may not be that day, but that day will surely come. Let's move on. So here he was. The guy may have had anguish on earth, but now the Bible says he was comforted. How I'm waiting to go to heaven, I tell you. Hey, there are times when people send me texts. So how do you have the energy to do what you do? Are you not tired? Are you not this? Are you not that? Then I don't even answer. And I just why I say to myself that a day will come when my rest will be real rest. Oh yeah. I keep on telling God that it's no problem to live in Zongo here on earth, but Zongo in heaven. Hey! God forbid! Hey! If nothing else happens, Lord, I want to see your face. I want to enter and I want to stand at your door. There's a song like that. I've forgotten the words. Hey! Are you there? So, Abraham now begins to describe for us something that nobody else can tell us. And he says, <laughs> oh Jesus, he says that, he says, Lazarus is comforted and you are now in anguish. Every unbeliever here, just read it well though. Then he says, apart from that, besides, there is a great gutter, a great chasm, separating us no one can cross over to you from here and no one can cross over to us from there hell is hell heaven is heaven there is no flight there is no road there is no path there is no river there is no waterway there is nothing over there that allows you to go from here to there or from there to here don't make a mistake. It's here on earth. You can choose to go to church or not go to church as some of you have been doing. You choose. Because after you are finished doing whatever you want to do, you can still walk into, into church. But a day is coming when where you are and where he is, there will be a difference. There will be a difference. So nobody can cross. Nobody. So the rich man realized that, in fact, now you're hopeless. He realized that the way it is, you know, nothing can be done. So now he began to think about other things. And he said, please, Father Abraham, at least send him to my father's home. For I have five brothers, another five foolish men. Like some of you who are here today, by grace God has brought you. But usually, you know, you belong to this category of foolish people. Living as though God is not there. He said, I have five brothers as foolish as myself. Blowing time on earth and not even knowing that there's something after. I want him to warn them. So that they don't end up in this place of torment. And Abraham said, Moses and the prophets have warned them. Your brothers can read what they wrote. The rich man said, no, Father Abraham, but if someone is sent to them from the dead, then they will repent of their sins and turn to God. 
And Abraham said, if they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't be persuaded, even if someone rises from the dead. This afternoon as you are here, I thank God that it's not yet time. We have not yet come to the place where a chasm is between us. As we sit here, some of us are on our way to heaven and some are on our way to hell. And by the grace of God, we don't know the difference. Are you with me? You'll be very surprised. Somebody who thinks they're on their way to heaven, they're actually... Hey! But I thank God that it's not yet time. We're still alive. And while there is life, there is hope. While there is life, there is hope. And some of us, as you are here, you have been preached to for a long time. I remember that my mother, she was a very calm person, very cool. <laughs> Didn't trouble anybody. Didn't quarrel with anybody. You see, some of you are like that. When you are a very phlegmatic person, you find it difficult to accept Christ because you are so good. You don't know. <laughs> he doesn't have any work to do. But some of us, our ways, we are so bad. And the way we talk, we are so aware that we don't measure up. Are you there? Uh-huh. We, we, are, we are not correct at all. So we know. But some of you, you are correct by nature. How many of you here, you have told lies before? Uh, You'll be shocked that some hands are down. They don't lie. (laughs) How many of us, we have stolen meats? We have gone to steal meat from... I say, you'll be shocked though, some hands are down. They have not taken anybody's sardine. They have not eaten anybody's anything. Yeah. They They are just there. And I remember that as she got older, I began to be worried. And I said, Lord, don't let any of my parents die without having received you. I knew when my father received Christ. I, did, I was not sure about my mom. Because when you are so good, you, nah, you are not even sure that you need Christ. You see, all sinners like myself, just wave. Uh, yeah, we are not correct. When you are not correct. <laughs> Masturbators, fornicators, stealers of meat, liars. Are poor readers and those kind of people, you know, you know that who he am one. So, a time came in her ripe old age when she finally got ill and she was in hospital. And I was like, Lord, I wonder what's going to happen. And the last night of her life, I didn't know it was the last night. As I was on my way home, there was a young lady who was there helping us in the hospital. And I said to her, I need you, when you have a chance, to lead my mother to Christ. I just lead her to Jesus for me. Because I knew that the time was coming where there would be a chasm between heaven and hell. I went home, and as soon as I got home, I went to take a shower. And I was in the shower when I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. And the voice said, it's okay. She's mine now. You can let go. As I walked into my room from the bathroom, my phone was ringing. It was the young lady I had left with her. And the young lady told me, I just led her to Jesus Christ. At that point, I knew that. Does it matter? Today, some of you who are here, I don't know your appointment with God. Whether it's tomorrow, whether it's next year. I pray that it will be long. 
I pray that we'll live long, but you and I know one day. Either you attend my funeral or I attend yours. There's no way, there's no way around it. Because as for going, you will go. But today, you still are alive and you can choose heaven. It's a choice. Jesus was the one who told us that he has given his life for us because he knows that liars, stealers, womanizers, thieves, poor readers as we are. <laughs> the Bible says that the only way that your sins will be removed from you is the shedding of blood. But if they were to come here today and ask, are you ready to shed your blood? Are you ready to shed your blood? Are you ready? All of us, we cannot. And the Lord at first, God was saying, okay, let's see whether the animals can just wash, just cover it. He realized that there would have been no goats left in life. And on top of that, the animal's blood couldn't wash it away, could only cover it. And that was why after a meeting in heaven, Jesus said that I will go. I will go. And when he came, he lived a life that did not have sin as part of it. The Bible says that every man born of woman is a sinner. That's how come Jesus, he was an offspring of the Holy Spirit. There was no man involved. To keep him from the inheritance of sin that we have. And he shed that blood for us. The only thing he required of us was to accept that that offering was for us. How, how simple again can it be? How simple again? And so if you are listening to me today, I want to tell you that. May you never end up in hell. But if you do, know that it was your stupidity. Know that it was your folly. Know that it was your pride. Know that somebody, you see, as God has designed to take you to heaven, the devil has also hoped that he will take you to hell. Who is going to win? Who is going to win? Stand to your feet. This afternoon, I just want you to think about yourself. You have a choice to be comforted and relaxed in heaven in a few years from now or to be in hell with a great gulf and you will see us gathered like this at the feet of Jesus worshiping him and you will be in hell in anguish watching and asking whether we can bring you half a drop of water I don't think it is worth it that's why I'm giving you an opportunity today to receive the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior Let's cut out the foolishness. Let's cut out the postponement. Some of you, you believe, but you are saying, when I'm older, I want to ask you, who told you that you'll be old? Who told you you'll get there? We don't know. We hope, but we don't know. That's why if you are wise, you secure yourself today. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed. This afternoon, I want you to consider your faith. If your time is now and if your day is today, will you be joining Jesus in heaven? Are you sure? I'm urging you to give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. That's why you are here. And so as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, I want you to lift up your right hand. You are here saying, I need him. I want to receive him. Lift up your right hand. And we're going to pray together. God bless you. I see your hands. I see those hands. I see them. I see them. Oh, you, there was a time when you were closer to God, you've drawn away, and right now you're just not sure of your faith. You also lift up your hand. You cannot take a risk on it. We can't take a risk. You can't take a risk. 
today I want to ask you to give your life to Jesus. Step out of where you are and come to me. Just come and stand here. Just come. Surrender to Jesus. Surrender. Surrender. Just step out of where you are. Just come. Jesus is calling you. Today the door is still open. But one day there will be a cross gulf between us. Give your life to Jesus while there is life. Give your life to Jesus. in the congregation and your heart is beating it is because Jesus is saying it's not okay between me and you those of us who are sure of our salvation our heart is not beating it's not beating your heart is beating where you are standing no matter who is with you move out of where you are and come come and give your life to Jesus I don't know how many days you have left I don't know how many months you have left but today, make your decision today. Make your decision today. Just step out of where you are. A couple of years ago, I was invited to have a crusade on a campus. We got there. We went around. And I remember telling the dancers, today you're going to dance. Because I don't want Christians in the hall. I want unbelievers. And I said, I'm not going for a Christian program at all. And we went and brought the people out of their hostels and they came. I preached, gave the altar call, and a large crowd of students came to stand. Four months later, it was holiday time. I got a call. This young man is dead. I said, I don't know who the young man is. And the person sent me a picture. The picture was of the altar call on that campus. And the picture had been taken from the back. And there was that young man standing in his blue check shirt and the person drew an arrow. This is the guy. He did not know it was his last call. I thank God he had given his life to Jesus. Today, somebody, this could be your last call. I don't know what's going to happen to you from here. Sometimes the last call is not even because you are going to die immediately, but because the life you are going to lead now, you won't even hear the gospel again. And that is why I'm just interrupting the church service to tell you not to take a chance. Step out from where you are and come. Step out and come. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Step out and come. Nobody is worth your salvation. Don't go to hell for anybody. Not a girl, not a guy. Step out and come. Maybe you are known as the most popular person on the floor. It, a day will come when it will not matter. It won't matter. The only thing that will matter, has Jesus washed your sins? Did you receive the offering? Did you give him your life? That's all. And as they sing one more time, I'm just giving you a few more minutes to come. Just come. Huh? Just come. Step out and surrender. Surrender. He's calling you. He's calling you. 
as you stand in front, I want you to pray this prayer after me. You want to say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. Please wash me with the blood of Jesus. Cleanse me from my sins. Please write my name in the book of life. Lord Jesus, from today, you are my Savior and you are my Lord. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Now take one finger like this. You want to say, don't worry, Junior, just leave it. Lift up your hand. And you want to say, Satan, I will not follow you again. From today, leave my life. I have no contract with you. I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. Jesus is my savior. Jesus has rescued me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for all these young ladies and young men. Thank you for each one who has brought their life to you. Thank you that even now their names are being written in the book of life. I thank you for every single one of them. May they never go back. May they never go back. May they never go back until they see your face in glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, follow us on Facebook, Dr. Joy Felipe Bruce, and on Instagram and Twitter at FLIEDRC. God richly bless you.